I have a question for you. Okay. So, so tell me something about your curiosity. Tell me something about my curiosity. Hmm. Uh, I think my curiosity focuses on myself and other people, probably. Okay, thank you. Tell me something else about your curiosity. Um, well, now I know what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, when it's when it's related to myself, I think I'm interested or curious about what's going on in my mind and in my body. Thank you. So how do you know you're curious? There's like a light bulb coming, going up. It's like an energetic process and it's like, Whoa! and I don't know what it is, but it's like, I want to know more. This is so interesting. How else do you know you're curious? Uh, because then I, when I'm curious, I start to pay attention to whatever I'm curious about. Thank you. What a, what a beautiful introduction to, uh, to our topic. So, so uh, you know what I was doing because you, you do this all the time. This was just a very, very quick inquiry into, into curiosity. And um, it's something I suppose, I mean, it's been with both of us all the time. It's just, I think sometimes we call it learning or developing or having fun or whatever it might be, but there is a quality, the quality of curiosity. It's, it's, it's like a, the prerequisite for being a human being really. We think about it. Think about the child or a, or a puppy. When you see them, they, they're so curious, and you see it, you see it in the whole body language. It's a body language of curiosity, exploring and you know being in whatever it is and full of potentials, full of possibilities. Yeah, I recognize that. I am like that puppy sometimes. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. I uh, I had the good fortune. I don't know. That that sounds maybe a bit weird. I had the good fortune to meet uh, with a cardiologist the last week twice, um, and uh, it's something to do with sort of irregular heartbeat. Nothing to worry about. Um, but I met with this guy, and he's a really really interesting guy. So he's late sixties. The only reason he's still doing what he's doing is because of COVID. Because there's so much exciting stuff happening because of COVID. Because it's, apparently has some kind of impact on the heart as well. So he's completely light and he's really excited about it. Anyway, this guy is a total nut about the heart, right? Total passion. It, it, you can see it in everything and how he talks and so on. So he starts explaining to me how the heart works and what could be wrong and what, what is not wrong and all that. And I'm just like, ah, this is so exciting. And he, he uses props. You know, he uses these plastic models of the 
of the heart and he shows me on his screen he shows me my heart beating because i have a scan and um and he shows the 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 electricity you know the ecg and the exercise ecg and he's showing you know and you see what's happening here you know and he's like and i am so excited like with him right it's 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 almost um that his passion for his profession is uh is exciting me and i get really excited because i'm interested as i said earlier i mean i'm interested in you know myself my mind my body i find it really fascinating to learn more about how the heart works so we're just both, both sitting there like he's explaining i'm listening i'm asking questions and that was really it was pure curiosity i i just hear this openness i mean i know you told me about him so you have a lot of uh, respect for him he's such a knowledgeable wise man and also a really nice person the way you explained mm. him to me at least so i can also see that you're completely open to whatever whatever there is whatever is coming out of 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 the conversation that you're having although you could say that actually it could be a moment to be quite resistant to what's coming out because you could have been filled of fear instead of curiosity because it's a serious issue the heart you know mm. you you could have come with some messages that you didn't want to hear. You're coming at this from curiosity. So you're completely open, asking the questions. You're present with what he's saying. All of that is the quality of curiosity. Mm. And you also, when you describe it to me, I, I feel you because, you know, you're going back to that place of curiosity. So I, I can see, obviously, I can see you. We're on Zoom again. So we're in different countries. We're doing this recording uh, online. But I can see your whole being playing back the curiosity from that meeting. And you know what's funny? He is curious, right? He is more curious in me than you would normally expect of a, you know, he's in a way, he's a technician, right? He needs to analyze data and then decide on diagnose and decide on a remedial action, right? Medicine or operations or whatever. So I wouldn't expect him to be so curious about my profession and you know what happened i'm not sure if i told you this but i think it's fascinating i saw him last week and we were talking about what i do and i got to talk about how i deleted my email from my phone at the beginning of this year and how that has so much improved my life and he said oh that's so interesting and then i saw him last monday so this is two days ago and he said guess what i've done i've deleted my email my my and now I read my email only in the morning and in the evening. And it's just it makes it's already making such a big difference. And I thought, wow, how cool is that? Right. So he, because of his curiosity, he also learned something from me. So normally you go to a doctor or to a, especially to a specialist, and you're sitting there, oh, like that. But because we have, I don't know why we have this much better relationship than you would expect. I've not, I don't know the guy, right? But we hit it off basically and he's learned something from me i'm not just there as the patient he's also learning from me which i thought was really really interesting and that's only because he was so curious yeah, that's very cool it's hmm. very cool and i think if we remember what curiosity feels like so just like we started although we did it very briefly we can almost evoke curiosity for anything almost so just by noticing what's going on, 
So if I take an example for me, I'm very sensitive to to um, to resistance. So I know when I have resistance in me, it it's a very strong signal. And if I act on that or react to that signal, I know what might happen in my interaction with with others. So you've seen me snap, right? Not not something I'm proud of, but a snapping reaction when I kind of cut somebody off, like I have done with you. And I sometimes I hope I apologize. In any case, you know me well enough to, I think, know where this comes from. It's not, got nothing to do with you. It's all got to do with me. There's, a, there's something around resistance in me at that point in time. The resistance of being disrupted, for example, or the resistance of taking in something that I'm not ready for, let's say. If I just stay with that resistance and explore that resistance from a point of curiosity, I come back to curiosity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so I can actually turn my physical response to resistance into the physical response of curiosity from an internal perspective. And it's got nothing to do with what's happening outside. The outside trigger was just a trigger. Mm-hmm. Everything else is about me. It's internal, exactly. Yeah, it's internal. And, and um, I think the reason why this topic came to me now is um, I'm designing a a short session for new leaders uh, and it's an online session and somebody asked me you know what would be most fun what if you have 90 minutes what is it that you have such a desire to talk to people about that makes you tick that is the most you know interesting fun thing for you to talk about and this is what comes to me curiosity the the meaning the feeling the importance of curiosity so both i suppose because the way i like it you know, the way I like how it feels, but also what it's given given to me. I mean, I think it's thanks to curiosity that I found uh, found this place in, in life, if you like, the kind of work you and I do that I think is so, I find so meaningful, fun and playful and developmental and um, all the rest. It comes from, at the beginning, from curiosity. Mm. Mm. So what we think... You are like me, very much curious about for other people as well as yourself, right? Because we can also be curious about more um, intellectual stuff, or it could be philosophy, or it could be engineering, or it could be, you know. So I am in particular interested in how the mind and the body works in myself and in others. Uh, but I think that's the same for you, right? That's that's what sort of makes you tick. It's funny you say that because it can also be, I think that's probably, that's a very strong curiosity. But it could be, it could be anything. I mean, I just remember when I dived into the whole yoga world, and this is more than 10 years ago, and the driver for starting my studies as a yoga instructor came from curiosity. And it was actually the question around, you know, how difficult is it really? And how, how does this philosophy really link into the physical practice that we're doing? And that, so that also came from a from place of curiosity, I think. And, and this, I think, is interesting because it's, it's very close to courage. Because if you think about it, and now I'm using yoga as an example, but... I mean, the idea of, oh, I can't do this because it's, you know, this is for others. Other people can do this. I can't do this because I'm not, 
I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not fit enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not whatever belief it is that is running in the background. I think the courage you might use in a, in a situation feels different from curiosity. So curiosity comes with play and lightness and fun. And for me, courage, there is certain muscles being used. So you kind of work with the resistance. And it's not that it's not good. It's just a different quality. Mm. So, 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 so to play with these, to know which one is in play right now, I just know that when, when it is curiosity and coming back to your question, what, is, um, what am I mostly curious about? It's probably what you're saying. I'm mostly curious about people, which is why I suppose we, we're both in the area of coaching and leadership development, because we are curious about people, people in certain situations, I would say though, or people with, in a, in a way, I could also say I'm more curious about people who's got the growth mindset. I, I find it difficult to stay curious with people with a set mindset. Hmm. So yoga is a really nice example, actually, because there's so many aspects to yoga, so many dimensions to yoga, right? There's the the, the the intellectual or the philosophical aspects to it, the spiritual aspects to it, the physical, the mental, the emotional. So, and I can imagine you can approach yoga in many different ways, depending on what you're curious for. So I could imagine that somebody could just do nothing else than the rest of their life, their life read the Yoga Sutra and try to understand it, you know, spend it. A year per page and really go deep into it so that's yoga but then there is you know maybe on the other side it's it's purely a physical exercise so what does it do to the ligaments and the and the muscles and the uh, nervous system and the, you know and the immunity and all that kind of stuff so it's a really interesting example because depending on your curiosity what you are curious for the question you asked me at the beginning you will enter yoga in a different way yeah. And I think it's the same with leadership. So we can, Absolutely. it doesn't matter what, what, um, what you're curious about. If it's, if it's, if it's the process, the management process, let's say, or if it's a person's way of implementing something or, or, or the corporate values in an organization or the background of a person, whatever your entrance to the curiosity is, is fine. And I think like you were, you and, and your cardiologist, you, you kind of, uh, you interacted in a way that, that your curiosity met. So he, he started to become curious about you. So I think if you meet somebody from the curious mindset and the, the curious energy, which is something that somebody will feel, if, even if they don't know exactly what it is that they're feeling, I, I'm pretty sure they experience it. If you meet in that place, you have an opening and in that opening that can be a connection and and i believe and we have talked a lot about this that if you connect with somebody that's that's when you can also move so if you think about leadership rather than using the muscles or the courage which can also be important in leadership i think the strength of curiosity is just outstanding and usually it will outdo any other any other quality mm. And now we're talking really about curiosity in the people or not? Or are we talking about curiosity in general, you think? As a leader, specifically to leadership, I mean. I think we're talking about it in general because I was also reflecting on curiosity, being an entrepreneur. And, and the fact, this is not me coming up with, I read this somewhere, but 
You know, you can't really Google for an idea. You you Google for a certain topic or you have a question. But 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 really the idea comes from connecting different pieces of content or questions or people or situations. And that happens in you. And I think that comes from a place of curiosity. So I'm wondering if creativity also comes from curiosity. I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I think so. So curiosity or openness, perhaps. So how much we like to be curious or not is is part of our personality. So as you know, this is one of the personality traits, right? In the big five. So openness. Curiosity, creativity is all related to openness. So I think they're they're very much related. Yeah. And I I was just about to say the word that's been talked about or the topic that's been talked about, I suppose, more than any other topic in the last week, perhaps with the exception of COVID, but the American election, you know, if there was more curiosity in that whole process, what would happen? Hmm. I don't see a lot of openness when I watch the election, when I watched the election. I don't see a lot of dialogue. Yeah, so curiosity can lead to dialogue and curiosity is an antidote to polarization. Yeah. So for somebody like me, it probably isn't a surprise that I I strongly favor one of the candidates in the presidential election, like most Europeans really do. And we like, I read somewhere in a newspaper, what, did you, what is it that, that did you hear on Saturday evening? What is it that you heard? It was billions of people were sighing with relief that Biden won the election. Anyway, um, uh, for somebody like me to be curious about why there are 70 million people in the US that vote for Trump, it's very important rather than shutting myself out of that and saying, well, they're all, they're all crazy, they're all stupid, they're all you know, Midwestern, rural, white racists, I should say, what is it? What, are, what is happening with people like that? And you know, this, is not, this is not unique to the US, this is happening everywhere. Um, people that used to vote Democrat in the US, um, they now vote Republican because of Trump, right? It's, uh, and this is happening in, in this country, in the UK. Uh, we call it the Red Wall in the in the North. A lot of people have voted for the Conservatives because of Boris Johnson. So we need to be curious about that. Why do people want to leave Europe? What is that about? Rather than just painting them all with the brush of nationalism or xenophobism or racism, we need to be more curious. So our curiosity is a very important antidote to polarization and through curiosity we get to dialogue i think i was listening to um, a lecture or a short session by sam harris the other day and and uh, we have talked about sam harris here before and he's got a he's got this app and he's got a podcast and he's very much into meditation um as as one topic and also a lot of dialogue in his podcast anyway this session was about uh, you know, when is meditation perhaps not not such a good idea? So he was taking the opposite stand. So the way we know him is that he's he's pro meditation. It's it's a good practice. It it really is. But he was interviewing two people, uh, professors or 
researchers who done research around when this is not such a good idea, when it's actually not helping people. Mm-hmm. And he was having an open dialogue about this as a, as a almost like a warning sign, you know, he, he's saying, yeah, this is my point of view, but there's also another point of view. And he's putting it on his app as a, as a lecture, as a session, as a, what do you call it? A, a counteract almost, you know, mm-hmm. don't believe everything I say. If, you, if it doesn't make you feel good, you know, um, here is here's some research that might support why you're not feeling good about doing what I think is the right thing to do. Mm. But very few people, I think, what do I mean that? Well, may, I would say actually many people, especially in the corporate world, look at having a, a firm opinion about things as a strength. Mm. Making a decision, staying with your decision, um, implementing that rather than being more open. Um, I suppose saying a bit, you know, I have an opinion here, but I'm open to listen to what you say uh, because maybe my opinion isn't the best. Or I don't have a strong opinion about this. Which is perhaps even more difficult. I think many yeah. people think they should have a strong opinion about things. Yeah, exactly. So I've been practicing with this, as you know. I've been practicing this quite a bit because of the course I've been on this year. Is the 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 power in declaring? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the the whole COVID um, debate, you know, lockdowners versus um, what do you call them? Uh, uh, libertarians. Right, so uh, and it's been so interesting to follow all that, and the more people start to become very, very opinionated about it, the more I feel like, well, I don't actually have a strong opinion. But I, I, I'm not a lockdowner. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea or a bad idea to do lockdowns. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea or a bad idea to keep the economy running. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with the Sweden example compared to other countries. And my normal my normal way of doing, you know, in March I would have made up my mind and I would have, would have chosen a point of view and stuck with it. Mm. And now I've, I'm still sort of, well, still don't quite know. I mean, I listen to a lot of people that say one thing, and I listen to a lot of people that say the other thing, and both both groups, both points of views are valid. So how, how am I supposed to know what's right or wrong? And that is a very unusual thing these days, because we either believe one thing, or we have to believe the extreme opposite of it. And it's almost not allowed anymore to to sort of sit in the middle, sit on the fence, um, allow yourself to say, well, I don't know. Science is still out. We don't really know what the right solution is. We don't know whether Trump is right or, or you know, the, the I don't know, a good example of, oh, yeah, the, the Finns, they've done, you know, quite very quickly lockdowns. And now, of course, we can see that, you know, there's a lot less people that died in Finland as a percentage of, anyway, I'm going into the detail. We don't, uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to say, I don't know. I don't know what's right or wrong. And that is um, unusual. There's something about um, 
continue articulating questions rather than coming up with firm or static answers. So to sit and be with a question, you know, knowing a lot, but not necessarily having to conclude so much because of it. So there's something about, um, it's a little bit softer, I suppose, the way I, I see it. So, you know, I would sometimes for myself say, it, well, the way I'm thinking right now is, so it, it kind of tells myself that that doesn't mean that I won't think this tomorrow because something mm. else might have happened that makes me change my mind. I'm basically, for myself, keeping it open so I don't have to lock myself into a certain opinion. Mm. Exactly. I'm starting to use a softer language. So this is NLP, right? So you, you kind of help yourself yeah. to, to be open. So what's what's happening in this debate? It, and we're talking about one specific debate: COVID, yes or no, lockdown, yes or no, um, keep the economy open. Um, there's others. There's Brexit, you know, or Brexiteer or Remainer in this country. There is left wing versus right wing. There is, you know, anyway. Well, yeah, you can go to something as easy as vegan or meat eater. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. You know? and, and and people are so opinionated that they will not listen at all. They get really, really angry when somebody has a different opinion and they shut themselves out completely. It's the total, complete opposite of curiosity. And I think that is a risk that we become more and more closed as society. And of course, and now we're getting into issues around social media and so on. Well, let's not go into that. But their, their curiosity is, um, is losing its, its charm in this world, I think. It's um, becoming less and less of a, um, of a trait that we, or, or, or an, an, um, yeah, a trait that we, um, that we see in people. So I think we need to promote it. We need to promote the, the value of curiosity. So yeah, I think we're 26 minutes in. I think there's a part two coming. What we haven't talked about, there's so many things we haven't talked about in terms of curiosity. So I, I would really like to talk a little bit more about what you started this with. I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger and then we wrap up. So if you think about the puppy or the baby, when the puppy stops being curious, what's going on? Mm. So there, there are three things that I can think of. Either it's, it's hungry, so the only thing you're thinking about food is food, or it's tired, so it's fall, fallen asleep there and then, which can happen to the puppy, you know, in the middle of action, it just falls asleep. Or the third one is fear. It's afraid of something and it's seeking safety, security. So let's let's get back to that. I, I, I think we should talk a little bit about inquiry and what it is. Um, so this is really curiosity in yourself. We're, we've talked mainly about curiosity in others, but we're talking about now curiosity in yourself. What's going on inside you? So how does that work? And um, maybe we can come up, or we can talk a little bit more about the connection between personality and um curiosity i think this is also quite interesting are you now are you now setting us up for for a podcast that we may or may not do in the no i think this is a part two that we need to do as soon as possible <laughs> okay yeah. well why don't why do we call this a day then and yeah. uh and leave it here for now